So it's, it's, uh, it is an absolute pleasure to be here this morning. So it's, <laughs> it's the longest uh, three months trying to prepare one message. You know, that's right. <laughs> I think I changed it 30 times. Uh, but if you want to take your Bibles with me and just turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 as we begin. Uh, so it, it, as you're turning there, it, it's just, it is just an absolute blessing to be here, to be able to share the word with you. To be in the house of God once again is an, is an absolute blessing. Fellowship is a gift. I think we take for granted every once in a while. The Lord pointed out to us how important it really is to be with one another. Most people talk uh, during, this, during this situation that we're in, during the COVID uh, situation that we're in, I think we're all pretty fed up with it. Right? We've got our own little issues that go with it. But there are some hidden blessings that the Lord presented to us. And I want to bring one of those blessings to you this morning. And that is the actual time that we were able to spend with family. Right? And not only family, God's family and God himself. Uh, that is uh, one of the greatest reminders of, of greatness, of love that God has given us. And perhaps... It may have been on purpose. As a nation continues to turn toward anything other than, than Jesus Christ, God revealed himself and said, hey, don't forget about me. I am the God of the universe. Right? I am the creator of the universe. And we have this hidden blessing that is found in First Peter chapter 3. Now, normally, normally, you're preaching to, uh, uh, to, to women in, in the circumstances, but in, in particular, verses 3 and 4. But I, I'll start in verse 1, but we'll go through 1 through 4. And there's just one line in there that I really want to settle on, but it says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chase, conduct... Uh, uh, when, you, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And before I continue on, if you would just join me in a, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we open up your word, as we as we dive into it and, and seek to learn wisdom uh, from your, your ever life-giving word, Father, we just ask for the ability to hear what you want us to this morning. Father, to be able to see you as our God, have no distractions, but only see you. Father, let my own words not be mine or opinionated, Lord, but may they just be truth from the gospel. Father, and we just ask this in your, in your holy name. Amen. Well, in that fourth verse, there is a, a, simple, a simple line that says, the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Well, I'm here to tell you this is a hidden truth that is not just for ladies. This is for every single Christian. There is something special about an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And I want to, I want you to, I want to get you thinking about it before I uh, unfold this and kind of open up the word a little bit. Here's a, a statement that's been around for a long time, 
And as we look at this, I want you to think about this statement. It says, Jesus Christ did not come into the world to make bad people good. Jesus came into the world to make dead people alive. All right, so as we look at this, we already have too much, too much, uh, uh, or too many circumstances, too many, too much, uh, 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 commercials, too many, too many ads that say the more you put on on the outside, the better the inside is going to be. Right? The sad part is this theory has integrated itself into the American church in different aspects. And we are, just to be honest, right, I'm going to give you some honest truth today. If we are honest with one another, sometimes we hide what's going on on the inside by putting on a little show on the outside. The more people I talk to who are searching for God's truth, say one thing over and over again, and that is, I don't want to see fake Christians. I want to see people who actually live what they say. And that is, that is really what, what this is talking about, in a nutshell, we are called to live in a mighty way, are we not? We are called to stand out, to be the light, to be the salt of the earth. Well, that phrase, incorruptible, really means imperishable, right? Eternal. Can't be taken away because if it is incorruptible, it must be perfect. And if it's perfect, it came from God himself. And it is not from our, our sinful flesh, but it is from the holiness of God. But that, that last phrase, the gentle and quiet spirit, means to be peaceable and still. How many people do you know that are trying to find peace inside of themselves? It's a roller coaster ride. We know this. Right? It's a roller coaster ride. One day you'll be good. The next day the phone rings. Or you have to go to work. Or you run into the person that you don't like. And that conversation may change a little bit. Right? So you have this, this, this need to be filled over and over and over again with the peace of God, and it is found in the quiet. It is found in the quiet times with God himself. So I want to answer two questions this morning, or attempt to answer two questions this morning. What does this really mean to have a quiet spirit, and why is this so important? And here is my encouragement to you. Everything that you have gained in this time of, of quiet, of not being able to travel around, do not forget what God has done in your life in this time. But there is the warning. It could be tomorrow that busyness creeps in and God takes, us, takes the back seat. And you want to keep that, that idea that he stays right in the front uh, just as he has been revealing himself to you. So what does this really mean? Gentle and quiet spirit. What does this really mean? Well, first you've got to understand that quietness is really a gift from the grace of God. Most of the people live in the country because they like quiet. Is that, is that true? You like quiet? Right? We are not city folk. We're about three hours from the city, and I refuse to take my wife there. I, I don't like to go. I've been there a handful of times. I tell her, it's okay. There's good people there. They can stay. We'll stay out here. Right? It, it's all right. I said, <laughs> I said, but it is a gift of God. And it is how we communicate and develop a relationship with God the Father is found in our quiet times. 
If you look at the life of Jesus, didn't he often do this? In the hardest decisions that he ever had to make, and it's listed several times throughout the Gospels, all four Gospels, he separated himself to be quiet with God. And it wasn't just so he could talk to God, it was so he could listen. So he could communicate and develop that, that deep relationship. He rose early in the morning. How many of you are morning people? God bless you. All right? <laughs> he created you uniquely. Right? If you want to talk to me, it's 9 o'clock and after, unless there is an emergency. <laughs> I said, my boys are the same way. Yes, I've trained them well. It's good. So, <laughs> so but this is, this is really what I want you to, to, to think about is that we need a deep, rich, quiet time with God in order to have an incorruptible, gentle spirit. Right? A quiet heart is really a description of your inner spiritual life pursuing your creator. That's what it is. It is a storybook that tells what your relationship is. And those who are closest to you are able to read that storybook. You can't hide it from the people who are closest to you. It automatically unveils itself for, for the people around. So this is one of the main aspects of why Jesus' ministry was so successful, because it was fueled out of his time that he set apart to spend with his Father. And I encourage you this morning, make sure you spend that time and not just the time to check things off the list. Yep, I got my 10 minutes in or my 15 minutes. I had my time to where I was moved in my soul. And I was moved in my heart. I am, I am wrestling with the truths that are found in Scripture. That is how you develop a, a deep relationship uh, with God the Father. So why is this so important? Well, the simple fact is some people and probably all of us at one point or another, struggle with silence. Right? We struggle with silence. It makes us uncomfortable. Right? Have you ever stood somewhere and somebody's supposed to speak and you have five minutes of awkward silence? and You don't know what to do, especially if you're the person up front and things break and you can't do anything. Awkward silence is, is something that we wrestle with. Well, how come that awkward silence also uh, transitions itself over into our prayer life or into our reading life? I really don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. Right? Now, thinking about this, now I'm not going to pick on you ladies, but I will. <laughs> but I'm also going to pick on the men. All right? uh, and this is coming out of our relationship and most people I know. Generally speaking, ladies, I know you have a hard time sitting still. Without your mind running, I have to do this, and this still needs to be done, and this is going on here. Whereas the guys, we don't have problems with that, right? We can sit there. Our problem is getting up again and, and doing this and trying to find this. But it's that, it's that relationship that is there where in the silence, we are listening to hear the voice of God. When's the last time that, that you as an individual took a time, time away, even from the family, to not ask for anything, but only to hear what God might have to say to you? Right? It's a harder thing to do, because your mind races all over the place, but it is e eternally rewarding. So it reveals two things in your life. 
Silence, right? The quiet. It reveals two things in your life. The depth of your communication and commitment of your relationship. That's number one. The depth of your communication and your commitment in your relationship. If you're busy all the time, and I'm going to get into the busyness section, if you're busy all the time, you miss out on the little things that God is trying to do. Or you miss out on the little blessings that he continually reveals to you over and over again. Now, as far as my wife and I go, in our relationship, we communicate differently. Have you found that in your own relationships? (laughs) My wife feels loved and appreciated and enjoyed when I talk to her. I don't necessarily operate in that same fashion. (laughs) Mine is, I like her to be next to me in my presence, right? I think about communicating with her, and that's good for me. It doesn't necessarily come out all the time. And she lets me know that I haven't actually talked yet. Uh, I said, but, but both of those aspects are what Jesus is looking for from us. He wants us to sit in his presence and enjoy just being and walking hand in hand. And one day we'll be walking like Adam and Eve, hand in hand with, with, with the Lord through paradise. And that would, be, that would be tremendous. If the trumpet sounded today, I think we would all be happy. <laughs> I said, but he also wants us to communicate, not just our concerns, but just as we would talk with one another, how are you doing today? And I appreciate everything that's out here, a level of thankfulness. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. I do have a, a concern, or I have some friends who are, are struggling with this, or I've got some heart turmoil that I've been wrestling with and don't know what to do. Both of those aspects is what Jesus really wants to 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 have as part of our relationship. But the second thing it reveals is the reality of our actual relationship. And what I mean by that is if it's real and if it's deep. A quiet spirit will automatically tell people how deep your relationship is with the God you say that you love. And I pray that it is very deep. And it's not to say that you're not going to struggle, as in every person struggles, and you're not going to have your highs and your lows and your periods of of dryness and some that you're swimming deep, I said, but it is a constant, uh, constant growth that, that goes in with it. So, but the truth is, when it scares people, you ever been scared by the revealing of God in your own life <laughs> about where your heart might actually be? I said that's uh, one one of the men I respect the most in my own life. He, he says it. He. he it's hard for him to take a compliment because he knows what goes on in here. And I think we know what goes on in here. And if other people knew what actually went on in our own heart, they'd be scared, just as we are. But praise the Lord, Jesus lives here now. Right? There is no fear that cannot be overcome. There is no problem that cannot be overcome by the grace and the love of God. And that is where we resonate, and that is where we live, and that is what we show or we, we seek to show. But it scares people, and most people, when they're scared, they try to run away or cover it up. And the number one enemy, the number one enemy to a quiet time with Jesus Christ and an enriching relationship with Jesus Christ is busyness. It is busyness, because it's used as a distraction. Now, all, and I'm going to tell you, not all busyness is wrong. Right? Think, doing things is what we are called to do. But when you lose your focus off of God, then it becomes a hindrance to your own spiritual life. And here is the lie, right? We fall into this danger of believing the lie that busyness has to offer. Here's the lie. The more you do, 
And the more noise you make, the greater your relationship actually is because you're doing stuff for God. The more you actually learn because you're doing things with your hands. Well, here's the truth. Your relationship gets shallower and shallower because it is not refueled and replenished by the quiet times as Jesus has shown us. And it's something that we all have to wrestle with, that balance. And it's a fine balance. And we start doing things in the name of God. Have you ever caught yourself doing things in the name of God? It is good, right? God set me to do here. Some of you probably are the most loving people in the world, but have a hard time standing in front of public, making a, making a stand for things. Some of you probably have no problem speaking out, but have a problem with some tact, I would venture to say. I have friends that do all of this, so, including myself. I've got my own uh, problems with these things as well. But we start doing things in the name of the Lord, and I want to just give you a couple of these things, and maybe you, you can resonate with these. Sometimes we run ahead of God's timing. We get a little, a little impulsive. We act too quickly. Right? We don't wait for him to open doors. We try to force doors that were open. I said, or our, our hospitality toward others gets replaced with self-serving agendas. Right, we're going to do this because I know I can get something in return. And it happens really easy before we notice it. And, and a lot of times good friends will help point it out to us. Or our discernment, whether it's in silence and in speaking and in moving, becomes dependent on our own voices and wisdom instead of God's wisdom. And what we end up doing is we end up consuming others and our hastiness, and out of our chaotic hearts instead of being used for their transformation by God into becoming holy vessels, to becoming instruments in the hands of a holy God. But thankfully, we are given the antidote to busyness. Right? We are given the antidote, and God, God answers everything in his word. Do you believe that this morning? God gives you the answer to everything in his word. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I just want to point out a, 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 just a couple verses uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. So and here's the antidote. It says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Now I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a word of encouragement. We traveled about an hour in every direction, looking for stuff to do while we were here, and exploring the land, right? So <laughs> here's the, the unique thing, and I, here's the, the thing that we absolutely loved about this church that we know very little about and is just starting to learn. Everywhere we went, this church was known to somebody at some store that we stopped at and was spoken of highly. That means Jesus is alive here at First Christian. Right, what an absolute blessing that is. That is the love that is spoken here. God is teaching us to love one another. But he goes on to say, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And here it is, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, that you lack nothing. And I love, I love verse 11, because it once again tells us we need a quiet life. 
It is something that we aspire to because it is what fuels your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you need perseverance, it's got to be found in the quiet time with Jesus. If you are struggling with compassion, it needs to be found in the prayer time and the, the replenishing of the soul that Jesus has to offer. Now, the, the part that we may have a problem with it comes right after that. To mind our own business. Right? That doesn't mean that we're not involved in, with one another's lives. It means we are there to help them with Jesus, not tell them what to do. I don't want to know everything about all things that are going on in your life from moment to moment. We are all called to be responsible Christians with Jesus first. Right? It's not on the gossip train. It's not on any of the social media sites as to what you think may be happening. It is, here's a real need, and we need to meet a real need. Right, here's a, here's a, a somebody who is struggling. How can we help them with that? Or, as of today, you're able to meet in church for the first time in three months, and you can lift up your voices in praise. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But then it also says we are to work. So not only are we to have this quiet life, and we are to mind our own business, but we have work with our own hands. God has created you to have a relationship with him first, to be all about his word, his discernment, and to use it, and how he has gifted you to use your hands, your feet, and your mind. And here's the reason why in verse 12. This is the ultimate goal, that you walk properly toward those who are outside. In other words, that you reveal Jesus in a normal, natural a realistic way that shows people that they need Jesus too, or that the love of Jesus is actually real, and it's not just words on a page. It's not just a prayer that we may, we may say, but it is life-saving, eternal, soul-changing words that become your transformation and become their transformation. And the last part there is that, that you lack nothing, which really is, we become more dependent on Jesus Christ day by day for our spiritual health, for our spiritual life, and not off of people around us. Undoubtedly, your spouse is going to fail you, or your kids are going to fail you. Undoubtedly, your pastor is going to fail you at different times, but Jesus never will. Our strength, our joy, our comfort comes from the grace of God. And that grace of God is a gift. Once again, it is a gift found in that quiet time. So I just want to encourage you. Remember, remember it is in the quiet time with God where you find your strength. It is in the quiet time with God that your convictions are built, that your wisdom is gained, that your resolve is fortified, that your perseverance, which we also desperately need, in, a, in the world that we live in, is replenished. It is in the quiet where God teaches us how to love one another that much more. That much uh, more powerfully. All experiences have a shelf life. Your morning readings have a shelf life. And what I mean by that is they, are, they eventually run out of sustainability. It needs to be continually replenished time and time and time again. So I encourage you this. Make sure your shelf is always full. 
So that way when God asks you to take from it and give to somebody else, it's readily available. And it is found through, his, it is found through the gift of the grace of God in your deepest quiet time. If you would pray with me. Heavenly Father, Father, there is, there is no doubt that each and every believer longs to hear your voice, Father, but uh, I, I pray that you would help us in our discipline of purposely setting aside quiet time so we can hear your voice that is not stamped out by any distractions, whether it's a good thing or whether it's a, an unwelcome thing, Father, that you are the number one priority that unfolds into every other aspect of our life. Father, there are great riches that are found in, in, in times alone with you. Lord, we are called to be like Jesus, but we need your help to do so. Lord, increase our desire to search your word, to learn more about you, and show us how to put it on, how to live it with where we are. And when we do struggle and when we do fall, may we be quick to repent and show people that Jesus is quick to forgive, just as your word says. Lord, we just ask for all of this in the mighty, forgiving name of Jesus Christ. Amen.